This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here, as always, with my co-host Leslie Bennett, Engineer Carly Seelman. And today, we have joining us in studio, Pastor Seth Carter and Christian Rodriguez, affectionately known as C-Rod. And these guys are creatives. They work in our creative ministry. They do all kinds of things. They work with worship, video, building our kind of... What we're trying to project, uh, both what we do online for Family Church at Home, as well as what happens in the live environment that kind of help us create environments. We're working at that. And Leslie, you work on a team with these guys. So why don't you talk a little bit more about what C-Rod and S-Car do? S-Car. S-Car go. I like that one. What do you do? What what do you do? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, I would say these are two of the hardest working men in our organization and have been for the last seven, eight months because they really, most of what we did when we had to change everything to online really fell on the shoulders of Seth and C-Rod to help us figure out how we were going to produce something called what we're now calling Family Church at Home, which was excellent, is excellent, and something that we had to figure out because we're not a video-based church. We're an Mm in-person, live preacher-type church, and so that was a big shift. And now we've gone back to meeting in person, but we're still doing family church at home because we know that half of our people are attending online and half are attending in person. So we've tried to figure out, okay, now we have to do both things. So we had to shift from one thing to another, and now we're figuring out how to do both. I would be say, have we figured it all out yet? What would you say? Absolutely not. That's right. Not even close. (laughs) So we're definitely learning, definitely trying to figure out what we're doing. We haven't figured it all out yet. So we just wanted to have the conversation with what are some of the things that we learned during this past season and what are we carrying forward? What are some of the best practices that were actually developed in the pandemic that we've now carried forward as we've gone to creating a quality online experience for a lot of people as well as a quality in-person experience? Absolutely. I mean, really one of the first things that COVID taught us, it it rocketed us forward into the online world, right? As a church, probably before COVID, online was important to us, but it wasn't a, you know, a major building block that when we thought strategically about anything moving forward, it wasn't like a thing that was constantly brought up in meetings like, okay, well, what's the online angle of this? How are we going to engage an online audience? And now with COVID, we understand that like there's a huge portion of our church that is engaging with us online. We need to be ministering to them through the angle of an online church. And how do we communicate to them effectively, help them understand that they're a part of our church, even when they're still more comfortable worshiping from home, but also that they're welcome to join us on site. Some of the best practices that we've started to develop, especially now that we're re-engaging in our live services. Now, when we say live services, also like our live services do not look anything like our live services before COVID. So, We actually 
remain and, and kept our team in a position to where our team is is focused on making online church happen. And then also on Sunday mornings, we're doing these chapel services like that are a little bit more stripped down, a little bit more easy to pull off with just one to two or three people. And, and then that actually allows a lot of our staff, a lot of the people that are serving in our church to also still contribute to the online product. And one of the ways that we're, you know, also equipping that live environment is the things that we make for the online church. We don't just keep online. We also even film it in a way to where we can also bring it to a live audience, right? And so we've explored that with things like a pre-roll. So if you don't know what pre-roll means, like that's like what's airing before the actual service starts. We try to capitalize on something like that as a... Kind of like what you have at the movies, right? Exactly. exactly. So you show up to the movies, you go sit down in your seat. Well, you're not just sitting in there. It's not just quiet. They have right. stuff on the screen. They have little trivia games. They have little advertisements. And I'm talking about before they start doing the the previews, they have you know all kinds of things. They're trying to capture your attention and keep you sitting in that seat. And that's what we're trying to do as well. And we learned to do that during the pandemic when we couldn't meet in person. Yeah. The interesting exactly. thing about that is we had had conversations actually with Seth because we just had this kind of static slide roll that would go out yeah. to our campuses. And so we just take slides that we were using for other announcements and we just put them in a timed you know, loop on pro presenter mm-hmm. and that would just play. Yep. Um, so when we went to family church at home and we started doing the pre-roll, which Christian Rodriguez is the star of the pre-roll. He I do is. want to mention. He's Mr. So pre-roll. At he's Mr. Church. Pre-roll himself. Yeah. No one else wanted to sign up. So. That's right. <laughs> so now we've taken that that we were doing and we've transferred that into also our in-person gatherings. So Christian, tell us a little bit about what goes into planning our pre-roll each and every week. What are some of the things that you think about? Yeah. So we love to use that as a time where it's a time where everyone's sitting there and everyone's having a couple minutes where they are, you know, able to see whatever we want to put out to them. So we're trying our best to communicate with every area of our church. So the student ministry, our impressions teams, our volunteers, anything that we can do and and we're thinking about, hey, what's going on in our church right now that we want our people to know that they might not get to hear about during our announcements or even during the sermon, but are still important. So we love there to mention, hey, student ministry is going to do a camp coming up or they're having an online event now with COVID-19 and we want our students to hear more about that. So then we team up with our student ministry team and tell them, hey, we have about 90 seconds to two minutes what is the biggest thing that we want to tell these students? What is the thing we want to tell parents? How can we introduce that to a new guest and at the same time still do it in a way for our church members and make it really digestible for everybody present? So we're constantly yeah. thinking about what's happening next week, what's happening in two weeks, what isn't going to be said in the sermon, and what isn't going to be said in our announcement portion, and how can we do that in a way that's also entertaining because everyone's been at the movie theater. The reason you do the trivia is because it's fun to be a part of. It's fun to consume. So we're also thinking about that. How can we do so in a lighthearted and really fun way so that our people are enjoying the pre-roll segments that they're watching as well? One of the things that that I uh, like too is because we're spread out over three counties, and we have 12 different campuses meeting, you know, thousands of people are spread out all over the place. Everybody doesn't know things that are happening at the other campuses. Mm-hmm. So just things like we're building a new children's building at our Jupiter campus. Well, if you didn't attend there, you might not even be aware of that. But that's something that all of us are giving to through a relentless pursuit strategy. And so it's awesome. We've been able to show pictures and people are like, oh, wow, I didn't know we were doing that. I even had people tell me, you know, we're building a new worship center at our Sherbrooke campus where Leslie attends and her family. 
And people said, you know, I've never actually been there, but when I saw the pictures on the pre-roll, mm-hmm. I drove out there to drive by and that's awesome. Yeah. So just, they love it that they, yay, they're learning more about our church yeah. because of pre-roll. Another thing that pre-roll allows us to do, and we always have to remind ourselves this, that it's not all about us. So we also have opportunities to feature what other people are doing. So like this week, we talked about some of our team went to serve on Saturday at a a place of hope. It's a place, a foster care facility. And so we're going to feature them and how they were out there serving in the community. So we do try to also say like, what are you doing? And let's tell other people, not just what we're doing, but what our church is doing, being the church out there. So I think Mm -hmm. pre-roll has been a great thing. And then like you mentioned, Seth, we also have done that with our announcements. Um, So we've gone to a video announcement Whereas before we had, you know, just somebody getting up and giving in-person announcements. So that's something that we've carried over from. And honestly, Leslie, with all of that content, regardless of whatever scale equipment you're using or what size church you're at, one of the things that a pre-recorded format gives you is it allows you to tell stories that aren't just centered on what's happening right there in the room in that moment. So I've noticed our church is way more aware of everything that's happening at Family Church, not just across the network, but even at their own campus. They're aware of every person that's been baptized, every person that's had a major story to tell, serve projects, things like that, that if they didn't go in person, probably pre-COVID, we might have like giving it a mention beforehand, hey, you you don't want to miss this event. But honestly, we hadn't done an amazing job of recapping a lot of those events and things like that. With this season, it's really taught us the power of showing people, hey, here's how your church is on the move. Here's how your church is moving in the community. Here's stories of life change. And it actually has really allowed our church to feel more like a family. There's a family resemblance everywhere our church lands in every single neighborhood. You know, baptism is a great example of that too, is we always had a lot of baptism, but the truth is I'm the lead pastor of this whole thing. Like, I don't know every time somebody's baptized because they're baptizing people at the beast. Then they're having a, you know, the second service at the Sherbrooke campus had a baptism and the first service at Jupiter had a baptism and West campus baptized them after church. It's hard to keep track of it all. But now we've gone to this new practice. We video every baptism. Mm -hmm. And then the next week we show those baptisms at every service Mm -hmm. across our entire network. Well, what that means is all the way through COVID since we shut down in March to when we reopened in August and all the way up to this day, we actually have multiple baptisms every single week. And so every single week, every campus gets to celebrate baptism via video, and it accomplishes more of what baptism is designed to accomplish. Mm -hmm. It's a more public declaration of your faith in Jesus and a wider sense of connection to your church family across all of the family church. And so, uh, boy, that's just one of the things we've learned, the power of that. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to keep doing that, you know, forever. That's just (laughs) so wonderful and so exciting. And it lets our whole church know, wow, there's just so much going on at Family Church. So I think that's been really, really awesome. Leslie. And we've even talked about expanding that because there's other things that happen like um, parent-child dedications and kids, yes. new believers classes. So when we talk about we're going to film all these baptisms, so like our huge video crew <laughs> of, you know, how many people does it take to film these things? Like we don't have that, right? So right. we only have a few people who can do video. So how are we capturing these things? Like you would know better than I. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a really, really complicated process. It involves reaching down into your pocket, 
pulling out a smartphone. And really, it's it's something that can be re- anybody in the room that has one, you can recruit them to it. We actually, from a central network perspective, a lot of the folks that know how to shoot things and things like that have spoken into how to do that well. But still, the devices being used are iPhones. We're sitting in the middle of a gigantic technological leap forward where like the things that we went to the moon with are, you know, less complicated than what's sitting in our pockets now. Right. The amount of computational power, you know, and we're shooting our baptism on something like that. And they, to be honest, like some of my favorite shots of any of our cameras or anything that we've ever done across the whole family church at home season over the past eight, nine months has been these baptisms of like, we shot it at a sunrise one week and it was just the most gorgeous looking thing. And it was done with just some, some girl's iPhone and she just pulled it out. She didn't think too hard about it. She just start hit record. And then she captured what was going on right in front of her. And so to us, that's really been a big lesson point for us where the temptation might be in a creative huddle to be, Hey, our creative idea is to spend more money or to buy this piece of equipment or to, you know, try to build this or that or the other. And really sometimes it's more about the stories of the people and it's just using what you have and getting it as efficiently in front of your people as possible. Because I'll tell you this, we haven't received a single person that said those baptism videos need to be shot on a higher quality camera. <laughs> There's been I zero we good had, points. We did so. have one week where Seth came to me like, do you think we can use this um, video? Video because it was like blurry and there was like water over the. That was we, the birth of the style guide. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> now we do have a style guide, but still, I mean, regardless of that, I think that we just said, let's focus on the story. Let's focus on the life change. Let's focus on the fact that it happened. So I think sometimes, you know, as creatives or as people who like to do things with excellence, um, we want to say like, maybe we can't use that, but we've learned that you can yeah. and nobody minded, nobody cared, mm-hmm. nobody said anything. And we just celebrated the fact that somebody me? got baptized. The whole youth world is being run by an app called TikTok and it's low resolution videos of people mostly dancing poorly and mostly imitating someone else's dance. And that's what it is. And so the whole world is accepting of videos that maybe three years ago would have been seen as, man, you guys are horrible at video. And now they see like, man, you guys are on the cutting edge. And the reason that's important, C-Rod, is I think a lot of churches listening may be going, wow, okay, so if I was at family church with the video crew and the creative pastor and Leslie Bennett, then of course we would have a pre-roll like you guys. <laughs> and the fact is we do have a more sophisticated system than some of our listeners. Some of you have a more sophisticated system than we do. However, it wouldn't matter to me if I was a pastor of a church and I was the only employee of the church, I would still try to do some of this stuff with pre-roll baptisms, announcements. There are ways you can integrate video to make your messaging more effective, more concise, and better storytelling for your church. And see, Rod, every church has people who can do it. Who are they? So it's very feasible. I mean, we have at all across the country, kids, students, college students that are constantly using their phones. They're constantly doing the TikToks. They're constantly on Instagram taking videos. So something we've learned as well is we're doing these baptisms. We don't have to send a staff member. We don't have to send a super high level volunteer. Have to Send an able, eighth grader. Exactly. We're able to equip and say, hey. They'll shoot it better. They will. <laughs> we're able to say, hey, uh, do you want to shoot this baptism for us? Help celebrate. And what we're learning is that by showing these baptisms every Sunday across our campuses, we're actually building a culture where people are excited to see all these things happen. And we're having people signing up about, hey, I was already going to go to that event. 
Yes, I can pull out my phone, I'll get in the water, and I'm going to videotape it, and that's awesome. And there's an enjoyment that also comes with that. And we're able to equip our 8th graders, our 7th graders saying, hey, we're going to give you a responsibility at this event. And they are eating it up, and you actually never know. That might create interest in an 8th grader's mind. They might actually say, hey, could I try editing it for you? And then you have nothing to lose. Go ahead, let them edit. And you might be able to develop somebody that has interest in cameras, in editing videos, and then one or two years down the line, you might be at a whole nother place in your church because you had a student, a young person that you gave an opportunity to. They took interest and now they hit the ground running and you don't know where that can go. So it's super yeah. easy and it, it's as easy as asking. And, and you're believe find, you me, find someone. every teenage girl in your church has software on her phone where she knows about lighting. She knows about filters. She knows about tint. She knows about all of uh, these girls work so hard to make their Instagram and their snaps and their TikTok, their to make them as good looking as possible. They even have editing stuff on their phones to change the shape of their face. I mean, everything can be better because. <laughs> I so, need so, these apps. Where do you get these apps? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Some, <laughs> some of these young high school guys, they're they're hiding it from you, but they can help. You I don't want to hear. I don't know about that, but I know you're right. All right. So that's what I'm saying. So, so as you listen to this, I just, and everybody has to do what's appropriate for your own context for all of our listeners, but guys, ladies, you should be doing something. You should be moving this forward. And we are learning so much and you do have the tools. There are even editing apps that your people have on their own devices, their phones and their iPads and their computers where they can do unbelievable things that'll take you to the next level. That's what you got to think about. Don't compare yourself to family church or to Joel Osteen's church or to Andy Stanley's church. Don't compare yourself to some church that has resources well beyond you. Take the resources you have and take your church one level forward. Take your church one step up from where you've been using the resources you have right now. Unless your team has taken us forward in this area. I sure have. And I think I was just thinking about, you know, the challenges that we are facing right now. So we are facing some challenges of how do we keep doing the online well, as well as the in-person well. So I'm just wondering, I mean, I know all churches are wrestling with this. So I'm just Mm -hmm. wondering, Seth and C-Rod, like, what would you say right now to people in your position in churches um, that are facing some of the same challenges that we're facing? What words of encouragement would you have for them today? Uh, one of the biggest encouragements I would have is, you know, the power of, you know, generating creative ideas that tell the same story again and again of the gospel, right? You know, tell the stories of your people, tell the stories of the Bible, right? Don't get caught up in just like, hey, I saw this most recent video of Elevation, or I just saw what, you know, Mosaic Church in California just did, or blah, blah, blah. And man, we'll never be able to do that. Ideas are free. Right. And and surrounding yourself with people that say yes to good ideas and, and enthusiastically think about those things. That's the type of culture that can be built anywhere. That can be built in a room of three people or a room of 300 people. And so my encouragement would be to any um, creative leader or a developer, that doesn't have to be staff members. That doesn't have to be people that meet a certain age bracket or work in a creative field. That could be someone who's getting clocking off uh, work at their insurance agency and then shows up after church to meet for coffee uh, to talk through how maybe to shoot 
an iPhone preview or a pre-roll a little bit more creatively to make your services more engaging. And so my encouragement to, to somebody that's laboring is even if you're by yourself, surround yourself with friends and church members that that are at your church that show an interest. These people make themselves visible to you by- Get on Facebook and Instagram yeah. and enlist the person- who posts numerous annoying but awesome selfies. You're thinking of them now. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, that's right. Your eye worm. Yeah. <laughs> and so that would be my my main encouragement. And then to know as you move forward to kind of holding online in one hand and live services in the other, to not think of them as two separate worlds, but how can both of them help each other, mm-hmm. right? How can both of them inform each other? A lot of guys um, listening to this podcast, guys and girls listening to this podcast might even be thinking, hey, my church is 100% going to live and we're just putting the live service online. Well, that doesn't mean you just have to do what you did live before COVID. You can take a lot of the lessons that you're learning and continue to think intentionally about, hey, a lot of the folks that are watching this are purely at home and they're not going to experience a lot of things live in person for a long time moving forward. Well, how do you engage them? And so my big encouragement is just keep building a team that does that. And it doesn't have to be staff. It doesn't have to be anybody that you necessarily pay. That's really good, Seth. I say I think a big thing that we've learned here at Family Church is that the people are watching online and they're coming in person because you are their pastor. You know, Pastor Jimmy, when people are coming to Family Church downtown, they're coming because you're their pastor, you're their shepherd. And it's not as much about just the the quality of the content when it comes Mm -hmm. to a technical standpoint. The people that are watching, some of our videos that are the most watched videos during COVID were when uh, one of our campus pastors took a selfie video and just gave an update. The people at your church want to hear from you. And whether that's on a selfie video or that's on Steven Spielberg's camera, that doesn't matter as much as your message to your people. And we're learning that the gospel also transcends through a video camera, that when you're preaching to that one camera in your church in uh, Bartersville, wherever you are, Missouri, that that message that you're preaching is still going to transcend through the camera and go right to the heart of that individual. So I would really encourage, it's hard for us sometimes, I'm a perfectionist, Seth's a perfectionist, so that we want to make it absolutely perfect. But we're realizing more and more that God can use anything that he wants to use. And he's going to use that to bring glory to himself. And that when we're talking about the gospel, when we're talking about ministry, when we're talking about the things that our churches are doing, what's important is that message. And what's a lot less important is how well it looks. And you're going to gain experience. And the more you do it, the more you're going to get better at it. Our first videos, we crack up. Seth and I were talking about going back and looking at what we were doing in March. And we were learning. But our people, if you talk to them in March, they were saying, hey, that that was great. I love that video. I love how we saw baptism. I love how we heard that testimony story. Hey, I love getting to see my pastor preach the message of the gospel. That's what's important. And your church is along with you for the ride. They've been with you in person. They're still they're tuning in now. So to continue pastoring and continue shepherding, because that's what your job is. And now you're just doing it through a new avenue. So I'd say stop being a perfectionist and just worry about, hey, what has the God called you to do both prior to COVID-19, during COVID-19, and what he's going to call you to do two years from now as well? Yeah, thanks so much, guys. You guys have given so many good ideas, and I think that are accessible to people of churches of every size, people with different amounts of resources. And this is what Church for the Rest of Us is about, is taking the resources you have at your church and doing the best you can with it. And so I hope you'll take these ideas to heart. If you would like to interact with us or get some ideas from us or get some coaching from us or a way we can speak into what you're doing, feel free to reach out to us through social media or on our website, email us, call us, whatever. 
Or a better way to do that would be for you to come to Church for the Rest of Us Conference in February, and you could hang out. You could interact with Seth and C-Rod. You can interact with Leslie and Carly. Um, I'm going to be there, although I don't know why you would want to interact with me because I don't know how to do any of this stuff. But you could come, and we can help you get better, and you can share some ideas with us. Shoot us your ideas. Show us what you're doing. We would love to learn from you as well. It's going to be cold where you are, but it's going to be warm here in February. Churchfortherestofus.com. Check it out. There's no green room. It's a small conference. You will get to have conversations with anybody that you want to. There's going to be some great leaders here from all over the country. Hey, this has been Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett, Carly Seelman, Seth Carter, and C-Rod. Church for the rest of us, we're out. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are church for the rest of us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins. Staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.